DJ's off. Riley Jensen's sitting in. Joining us now is the former BYU and Fresno State coach, Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Hey, I got bad news for you. You've been replaced. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> and you're, you're going to know where I'm going to go with this. Right. In uh, a multi-decade, a little bit longer than I'd like to think uh, in terms of four decades in this business, the to date, and this was replaced over the weekend, the most incredible, astounding thing that I'd ever seen in terms of stunning upsets was you taking that team into New Mexico, riding a 40-some game winning streak your first year, and beating the Lobos in the pit. It was just jaw-dropping, mouth-opening. Couldn't believe that it happened. Well, I think I've since replaced that. New Mexico, at home on Saturday, loses to the Air Force Academy. I couldn't believe it when I saw that, man. There's just no way that happens, but yet it happens. So in terms of the most stunning win in Whack Mountain West history, I think I've got a new first-place team. Let me tell you why you cannot replace that game. Because, (laughs) Because the circumstances are, first year, we've won seven games, We've got a makeshift team of guys we put together, biggest hearts in the world. And we, we get up that morning to play to travel, snowing everywhere. We have to take a bus. We have to take a bus to Vegas, fly to Albuquerque, get there at 2 in the morning. No, we, we just let them sleep till about 9 or 10 o'clock, put some food in them. We'll let them go back to sleep. Had no shoot around, warmed up before the game. Had a 14-point lead at half. It was tied very quickly in the second half. Then we go on a run making threes from everywhere, and we win that game. And you do you remember the sports babe? That yeah, 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 long yeah. Time? yeah, 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 yeah. She calls me late that night to congratulate me. I thought, okay, I've made it. <laughs> I'm on that story. <laughs> but that the thing that's most amazing about that is the next night we go to UTEP. The Hall of Fame coach Don Haskins, and he he calls he comes down when we're having a shoot around and congratulates us on the win, and and I may have told this story before, but anyway he said come up to my office and let's chat and then we we talked he congratulated me he said listen I'm going to give you some advice number one whoever's making that schedule you need to get control of it otherwise you'll schedule yourself right out of a game and he said number two you're going to need better players. He said, as big as that way, you got, in this league, you got to have better players. So you got to go out and recruit. And the last thing, I tell you this honestly, is, is actually the X's and O's. He was so kind to us that night. We beat him in triple overtime. Uh, amazing, amazing win. We qualified for the WAC tournament. That will go down for me. In, in every game I ever coached, the greatest weekend with a group of great young men. We were undermanned and inexperienced, including the coaches, and we walked away with an amazing weekend qualified for the WAC tournament. And uh, as, it, as it turns out, we I had beat Bill Self, who was at Tulsa at that time. We played them in the first round of the WAC tournament, and, and they nipped us by three, and the season was over. But that's that was a special time. Thanks for bringing that up. That is not <laughs> No way the New Mexico game. I couldn't tell you a, a member of the New Mexico team. 
But the fact that they're nine and six in the league tells me that uh, they were a little more prepared to, you know, get beat by uh, Air Force. Though, though Joe Scott, I believe, is still coaching at Air Force, isn't he? He's back. He's back, yeah. yeah. And, and listen, that's a really tough place, tough team type team to play. I mean, you get behind in games like that, they're so disciplined. So it doesn't surprise me that Joe and the Air Force Academy could pull that off. But you're right. that That's uh, something nobody would expect. Yeah, I mean, this Air Force team has lost 14 of 15 games coming into that. Yeah. I mean, you guys were bad, yeah. and you were supposed to be bad, no, we bad. and you we were bad. We eight, but I don't think you were that we bad. Had eight, we had eight losses in a row, and we had six losses in a row in that season. 14 losses in about 17 games. So I, I know what that feels like. But I'm going to give some love to you about, about that because that, that is a big-time upset, and especially for a team that – Seat that's supposed to be a ninth seat in the NCAA tournament. Um, they they're going to have to. I mean, they're, they got to go. They're going to probably get beat at Boise State. They'll beat Fresno. They're going to get beat by USU. Uh, they did have a, a great win against Colorado State, which will probably maybe get them into the last four in. But they're they're in a little bit of jeopardy. Looking at the, after that loss and kind of what's happened in the past and what's ahead of them, having to play at USU and having to play at Boise State. Right, right. And moving into what's going on today, I mean, the Cougars with a huge win over Baylor, and then the last two Saturdays on the road, teams that you think you could win, they lose coincidentally by 10 points in each game. I it just, yeah. I, I want to say, wow, I'm surprised, but I've been there, man. I've been on the road with college basketball teams, and I don't know that anything is really going to surprise me in terms of in this Big 12 where a team is going to go on the road against a team that in Kansas State they'd already beat, Oklahoma State last place. But doesn't matter, man, on those particular days. If you're not hitting and they weren't hitting the threes, the Cougs were in trouble. Well, there's no question about that. And I think that, when Khalifa is doing his magic and making threes and guys are supporting them with that, they're, they're a really hard team to beat. I, I think BYU is two and seven on the road. Uh, th- there's no shame in that. My goodness, it's, a, it's the best conference in, in America. But it, it, it does come down to that. When you, I mean, they, they beat Baylor. They hit 14 threes. Beat, Baylor hits five. You know, they out-rebounded them as well and had 20 assists versus eight. So BYU played amazingly well against Baylor. But then, then you, you know, you, you get to KSU, who really made a run at them at home here at BYU, but played so well. And, and you can look at it, yes, they were six for 31 from the three. That's 19%. You're not going to win. First of all, if you're going to commit to that many threes and only make six of them, that's, uh, that's a bad situation. The other thing is that their their three point shooting was off, but defensively, Kansas State shot fifty six percent from the floor, forty six percent from the three, and uh, like we've said here multiple times, on any given day or night or whatever the circumstances are, you can get beaten this league, but it, it's really tough to win on the road, and 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 again, you know, you you just got poor shooting throughout. And it was a game of Tiki goes six and three, and we're just kind of out of sync. Um, they'll get it back. They'll be, you know, they'll be ready to kind of go forward. But you got to jump into Kansas, who who has really surprisingly to me uh, let two or three games get away where they could easily be they could be right there with Houston at, at eleven and three. So 
We know what Cape, Kansas is capable of. They play about seven guys, 20 minutes. Uh, but they, they, they've got six or seven guys that score in double figures. And um, it's going to be tough to, to win on the road. But, again, the great equalizer, anytime, if BYU goes on the road and is knocking down 10, 12, 13 threes, they will always be in the game. And, and if Khalifa can come in there and knock a – the key is, does Khalifa hit a couple of early threes? Because when he does, they have to go out to him. Then all of that motion works, and it's hard to guard. And it's just the reason they've kind of gone away from Traore at times because they just sag in, and you can take a bid and just sag and take all the back cuts and all the throw cuts, and it's harder to run. But when, the, when your five-man is making threes, it's really, really hard to beat BYU. This time of season <clears> – <throat> Obviously, fans get really excited about bracketology and who's going to be where and all that kind of stuff. As a coach, I know I know when you were a coach, you, you know you're you're going to say it's always about the next game. But are you peeking at that stuff? Are there people that have inside scoop for you on like what what your seed is going to be or what it's going to look like depending on how you finish? You know, no. I, I, let me tell you this. I mean, I. In, in the first two or three years when we were rebuilding BYU, you know, we were trying to get to the NIT, you know, and then when we got to the point where we had won some championships and we got to the tournament, I can't ever remember even thinking about that. I, 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 I spent a lot of time thinking about getting to the tournament, what we had to do to get there, but it wasn't so much about a seed. Today, it's, it's a little bit different, and, and with BYU where they're in the mix, and I can't imagine they've even discussed that ever with their team, and it's kind of like they need to focus on Kansas. And uh, and sure. players think about that, coaches think about that personally and privately, yeah. But I can't imagine ever uh, a coaching staff ever discussing that with their team. But certainly it's always kind of in the back of your mind. You're watching what's happening and excited. For, for me, it was kind of like let's get to the tournament, for these guys, they're looking at, you know, playing a couple of home games, you know, in the tournament, the first two rounds, that'd be awesome. So we, we, we shall see what happens there. But, yeah, it, it's in, all that stuff's on your mind. It's just not shared with the team. Uh, yeah. And players talk about it. Coach Steve Cleveland joining us. Okay, you mentioned about the threes, and they weren't hitting for the Cougs on Saturday in Manhattan. Uh, did you ever think about maybe, oh, all right, guys, we're just not hitting these these today. How about we back off a little bit and look for better shots? That's a great, great question. And, uh, I, and I kind of lived through that, and I've gone back and looked at times when, you know, we did too much of one thing and we should have got away from it. I've not talked to Mark Pope of that. Uh, I, I know that they, hey, they put themselves in a position to get to the tournament, um, you know, there's, it's a log jam in the middle there at seven and seven and eight and six. So who knows how this will all play out? For me personally, I, I would be giving. You know, if, if he's not hitting threes and we're not knocking threes down, I'm playing Traore 20, 25 minutes uh, because it's somebody we can throw it to. And I, I would imagine that Foose, his his confidence has probably gone up and down during the course of this year because he's playing and then he's not. He's on. He's not. And, it, and, and even though there's, you, you love it as a fan, you even love it as a coaching staff to know that you've got two, two inside post players, one that can play the perimeter. And, and, and Khalifa's shown he can, you know, he can make some moves around the post. 
But I, I would really look, if this thing goes south with the three-point shooting, it's not that they're going to stop running what they run, but there may be a, more of a focus on posting up priori or, or fo- posting up a guy like Saunders who's going to be guarded by a 6'4", 6'5", guy. Uh, you know, maybe gu- post your guards up a little bit. Waterman's not been real effective ever in the, on the, in the perimeter, but I, I do believe that if this continues where we're, we're not able to knock some threes down and stretch the floor and, or, or just get that action, you, you, a little inside-out action is something I wouldn't be afraid to do, and I would recommend that they do it in, in those situations. When you're coaching at BYU, one of, one of the great parts about coaching at BYU are our fans. I, w- I would also argue that one of the hard things about coaching at BYU are the fans. Um, looking back at it, um, do the at this time of year does that affect your players? Do the fans and the excitement or the disappointment does that does that affect your players? And as a coach, do you have to coach through that? Probably more today than ever. You know, with social media, I mean, everything is in the moment, in the minute. Mm-hmm. We watch it. We can read about it. It will be dissected for, you know, for two or three days. And uh, my my suggestion, and I'm sure that the, the coaches have talked about this, but that you, 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 you start listening and reading to talk radio. You know, I mean, we want people to listen to us, but it, <laughs> it, it gets players. Okay. I mean, it, they, they have to be isolated. Now, listen, they know those kids, the first thing they do when they get in the locker room and sell if they've celebrated or whatever, they're looking at their phone and what they're really seeing and feeling and reading about all of a sudden, you know, sports columnists, uh, fans, everybody's all over you, you know? So I, I think they have to learn how to manage that. Only the coaching staff would know that. And I'm not necessarily talking about Mark. I mean, they've got six or seven guys on their staff. That has to be a responsibility to control that environment, not let them get too high, not let them get too low when media or fans or, who you know, their family members, you know, are disgusted with their play. It's kind of like you just got to isolate yourself from that the best you can. But we're being really naive if we think that players across the country don't know exactly what's going on within minutes after that game and then continuing until you, you get to the next game and everybody gets re pumped up about who we're going to play next. Uh, just, the good news is with, with, with most fan bases, they're, they're forgiving and they forget and let's get excited about the next game, you know, and that, that may not be, be the case with some, but I, I, I think in my mind we still have to realize that they are – young college students and uh and it's tough when they we have they because they're gonna read I, I, let me just you, they're gonna i have 13 grandchildren and the, I, the the usage of phones is something that always bothers me and we, you know my i've got kids that kind of control that in their homes but you can't control that uh, you know uh, when it comes to a fan base who's so passionate and every university has a passionate fan base so my recommendation I, I got to believe they're doing it, but it would be just to make sure you've got a two or three year assistance, especially a kid that missed a free throw or missed an easy basket or did this. And it was kind of, it seemed like it was the reason we lost the game. When in actuality, there were a lot of things that led to that loss. And if I had that circumstance, I'd probably just 
you know, would have talked to Dave or Heath or Teddy or whoever it was, hey, just go check and make sure he's okay while I'm dealing with all this other stuff. So those, those are, I think that's how you manage it. It's funny you say that. We're talking to Coach Steve Cleveland. And Dave Rose, uh, one of his last years, I was sitting in his office at the new uh, Annex building. He was talking about how kids – each year, you know, his roster was turning over because players X, Y, Z thought they should be this or that, and they weren't in the offense, so they were going to transfer out. And for a program like BYU, you need to develop guys. And I think that's part of the reason that the Cougs have been successful this season is that they didn't have a lot of turnover from one year to the next. And he said, you talk about being uh, available for all the stuff and information on their phones and whatnot. He made a line that stuck with me. He said that... Today's player, they look up at their father as they're walking off the court at halftime, and their father's got the phone out, and he's telling the individual player where his latest ranking is on KenPalm.com, and they know it before they get into the locker room uh, at halftime. And that line made me laugh because that that's what's available, and they've got all this stuff coming at them today that uh, maybe they didn't have when you were doing it, and they certainly had it, but not as readily available no, as it is literally like- in their palm of their hands now at all times. Yep, no. And that, and yeah, that, that made I mean, me laugh when he said that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that at that magnitude. Uh, then it was newspapers and radio and TV, you know, and we did it that way, and it was – it wasn't firsthand. It wasn't at the moment. It wasn't as he walked into a, <laughs> to the halftime into the locker room that we're getting new information on what's happening with the team. Right. Uh, I can't that. that being said, I, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I was listening to a post game at BYU, and uh, the, the, I won't talk to you who the players are or anything there, but they, the, the conversation was, you know, you're not playing a lot. How, has that been difficult for you? You kind of went into that deal. And he, he, the young man was really transparent and very open. And uh, I was surprised by that. And then, then he indicated to me that they, one of the cool things that the program has is they have three therapists. And, and usually two of them are on site for most practice. One or two of them are there for practices, for pre-game, pre, pre-practice, post-practice, where these young men have an opportunity to kind of work through things uh, in, in ways that I never, ever, ever thought what could be. I mean, usually it was a coach, a head coach or an assistant coach to sit down and give you some of the same advice and counsel. But th- this is really important to the, to the young men in this program that they have access to that. Because what it does, are, you're going to get it from the family anyway when you get home and they'll have all of their interpretations and how everything's discombobulated. But at the end of the day, Probably not a bad thing. I mean, he, he sincerely and genuinely was thoughtful and talked about his struggles and how hard it was to not play and this and this and that. But he said that it had been a great straight kind of support to him to get that kind of support from someone that was around the program but wasn't a parent, wasn't a coach, and that they could talk really uh, privately about anything. And so with that being said, uh, you get ahead of the game as a coaching staff by providing professional help. Mind you, parents and, and siblings and the fan base are still going to have their opinions, but maybe this is a way to help them remain more grounded and that they're listening to this guy, that there's a connection and there's a trust 
that helps that student athlete get through these types of things. The other stuff's still going to be there, but now he can process it better than if he just comes home and listens to mom and dad, uh, you know, congratulate him or rip him and or rip the coaches. Usually, it's probably rip the coaches. What what are they thinking? But but I I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I thought that was a pretty solid thing for him to share. And I I learned something there that that's that's another part of your team that never existed. We just did that as assistants on our own, but probably not as well as maybe a professional can do it. Right. Helping a young person kind of feel better about themselves. I looked it up, Coach. You were on a nine-game losing streak uh, <laughs> at, at that point. And the when you went, uh, you had lost uh, 10 out of 11 when you went to New Mexico. And the only team that you had beaten at that during that stretch was Air Force. Yep. See, there you go. So I, I, I got to, I got to, I got to overrule you, man. I still think Air Force going to New Mexico. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm signing with Coach. I'm signing with Coach Cleveland after that endorsement that he gave for for mental toughness and for for mental performance coaches. I'm I'm with Coach yeah. Cleveland. I think that BYU win is way bigger than the Air Force win this weekend. It's not even close. And I appreciate all the nice things that you said about mental performance coaches, Coach. That was great uh, and I, I appreciate hey, you know what it, it, it's what, what's interesting as we as we look back at those things and, and I think back to those things um, you you lose like that I mean you know you're those kids are in therapy every day with you with one thing or another and, and but it was also a time to really connect with your guys I mean I I know every one of those players and I'm I'm kind of writing a book and doing some I'm going to do some speaking things on uh, some thoughts I had that I'm I'm kind of in putting in play here in the next few months. So I've I've actually gone back and looked at experiences that I had, and that still goes down as as the greatest experience that I've ever had. And I, I didn't tell you this, but we met as a team. You know, we had all the issues getting there, but the night before, amongst the, all this losing. I had the audacity to tell them that our goal is to win two games to get to the tournament, the WAC tournament. And I walked out the door, and I mean, I wasn't five steps out of the door, and I thought, what in the heck are you doing here? And I just had an impression. I went back and said, listen, this is real. This could be your moment. I, I don't know that it will happen, but that's how we have to, you know, and, and – I just in my gut, I thought, what have I done here? You know, to set these kids up you know, and make them feel like failures. But it came back, and then having it happen, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I lost games I should have won, and I probably won some games I should have lost. But that that was the most special moment I think when I look back to 35 years of coaching. I'll never forget that weekend. <laughs> As you shouldn't. All right, hey, we appreciate yeah. your time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Good All to right. be with you. See you.